Hello and welcome to another episode of the weekly VM Campos comic book club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I answer, what am I reading this week? This week I've got Peter M. Sue's Quadrant number eight from Quadrant Publications. First off, the cover is a beautifully rendered, full-color painting of a warrior woman in a very skimpy outfit, impossibly skimpy, battling some sort of weird creature. It's the high adventure type of setting. There's an altar of fire. She's got a mace and very little else. Text on the cover, in this issue, the Hellraiser saga concludes. Also, Thierry Labrosa's trip time. Adults only. So yes, this is an adults only type of book in that it has a lot of sex and violence, impeccably rendered characters, and gray tones. The Indicia states, Quadrant number eight, volume one, published by Quadrant Publications at 31 Hurlingham Crescent, Don Mills, Ontario, Canada, M3B-2P9. So the Indicia doesn't mention a year, but skimming through it, it seems it's from around 1988 or 89. So it's a classic 1980s independent black and white comic book. It's an anthology. We have Hellraiser part eight, a uh, story by Tara Balanchi, art by Peter Sue, and editor Sanjeev Purba. We've got Trip Time, story Tufik M, art Thierry Labros. We've got The Snake, writer Dave Derigo, illustrated by Ron Hobbs. There's a quadrant editorial where Peter Sue speaks about the recent controversies in the world of comics, specifically Friendly Franks and the crackdown that they endured during the 80s with obscenity charges. This is an article basically about how Sue doesn't want to take a stand on is there censorship in the world of comics and that it'll all work out. This is an interesting editorial because it predates the comic book legal defense fund and the struggle that comics would go through in gaining legitimacy. There's also an ad for Winging It, a graphic novel for the 90s, part one of two by Roberta Gregory. Uh, and I believe that's the Roberta Gregory of Naughty Bits. Here her style is a bit more realistic, but still naughty. Then we get a story so far for Hellraiser. This is part eight, the conclusion. This story so far is two and a half pages of exposition to see where we're at so far. And honestly, I read it and reread it and I already forgot it. Here's a snippet. The women in the Valley of Zaefo have always been shrouded in mystery. They might have remained a legend, idle tales to entertain children, had not disturbing images lingered like fragments of a dream floating to the surface of consciousness from time to time. And he goes on to explain about the main character and her battles with the queen and hidden from the world of men and big battles and she needs the sword and all of that. This is beautifully rendered black and white tones. These are extremely busty and curvaceous warrior women. 
which seems to be par for the course for Mr. Sue. And the main character wakes up in a pool of her own blood and realizes I'm alive. Spoiler alert, I don't think she is. These first few panels kind of show her really bleeding out. Then she wakes up. Uh, she's completely nude, except for high heels, impossibly high stilettos. Uh, obviously perfect for being a warrior. And then the story continues from there. So this has got to be a dream or during her last dying moments. Basically her brethren, her sisterin, come together to battle the orcs that are going to invade the valley. And yes, all of the other warrior women are also buxom, curvaceous, completely nude warriors. Uh, well, a couple of them have some nice uh, headbands, and I believe all of them are wearing some form of high heels. The orcs are completely dressed in armor, but they put up a good fight. They're no match, however, for the warrior women. Then the final panel is a beautiful splash page of uh, the main character slicing an orc in half. She suddenly has a bit more clothes than in the previous pages, so I don't know exactly what happened. And then there's a big old the end. I don't think reading the previous seven chapters would have really kept me on track to see what happened. There's a guest editorial by Falcon, an owner of a local British Columbia comic shop, also talking about the idea of the day that comics are no longer just for kids. There's a preview of Dorigo and Hobbes' Snake, which again is beautifully rendered, black and white. Uh, everyone keeps their clothes on in this one, basically, pretty much. But it is some sort of tale of a lost soul in Shanghai just trying to make it. She's had to sell her body just to survive. Last panel. But I wanted more. I realized that many of my associates from Hong Kong and Japan were in need of agents in America. I learned English and came here to represent them. So that's just a preview to a comic that I don't know if it was ever published. So you may want to look up Snake by Dave DeRigo and Ron Hobb. The last story is Trip Time by Aim and Labrose. This is another black and white story, but this is just stark black and white. No tones, but very well rendered. Great sense of space and place. Uh, basically, the main character is hired to find um, a rich industrialist's wife. It's in the future, however. Sometime in the year 2000, there's a double cross, a triple cross, the wife is found, and she repays the private eye very vigorously. A house ad for Elf Warrior, which is another Peter Sue joint. Story and art by he, editor Sanjeev Purva. And it's another Swords and Sorcerers Elf adventure, beautifully rendered. The back page is another Elf Warrior ad, this one in full color, just exquisitely glorious. Great painting. This could be a movie poster for an amazing 80s epic. And so that was quadrant number eight. Three stories, lots of nudity, adventure, swords and sorceries. Part of an anthology that lasted a few issues, I think around 12 or so. This is the only one I own, and I'd seen Peter Sue's art before. That's a name I don't really hear nowadays in the year 2017, but I'm sure his style affected a generation of artists. 
This has been the weekly VM Campus Comic Book Club. See you next week.